Hey, Room 303 listeners. Are you looking for a way to make every game day exciting, even when your favorite team isn't suiting up? Then Thrive Fantasy is the destination you're looking for. A one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app for player props. They have options for NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports. Guess what? They even take all the research out of it for you by only asking about top-tier athletes in their respective sports. Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over-under based on its likelihood to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is, baby. Rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Build your lineup daily and earn all that moolah. For NFL, choose 10 out of 20 player prop options. NBA, MLB, PGA, and eSports, choose 5 out of 10 player prop options. With PGA having new contests each match day, Thursday, Friday, and so on. Still on the fence? Well, here's the nudge you need. Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and you will receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. I'll repeat that. Promo code ROOM303. A $20 bonus. Thrive has awarded over $1.3 million in prizes since launch in 2018. What are you waiting for? To be up 28 to 3? Download Thrive Fantasy now and prop up today. Not all states qualify. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Podcast Room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon Mendez. This is my co-host, Nicholas Morhan, and we are doing episode 49. And is it an action-packed episode for you? We've got our second guest ever, to be revealed later, by Nick. And we've got NHL preview and NFL wildcard super weekend. Done. Guest starring Nickelodeon. Was that was oh, Jesus? Was that a was that like a I can reveal him now sort of yeah. thing? Like later is in like five seconds later? Yeah, exactly. It was a build up for an instant reveal. So obviously our first get, Eric, was an awful guest. He's an awful guest, a terrible person. And just an, an outright, he doesn't listen to the podcast anymore. So if you guys think I'm being disrespectful, I'm not. He doesn't listen, which makes him even more of a terrible person. So we've brought on kind of the 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 ying to the yang here. Uh, you guys have you guys have heard about us speak about him for a long time. Uh, we've actually brought two guests on the podcast today, uh, Jermaine. Who's the second guest? Well, there's two people in this one guest. Oh, pro demote or demote. Yeah. So I, w- without any further uh, introduction, I'd like to announce our intern slash executive producer, Nevada Putnam. Hello, Nevada. Howdy, boys. I don't think there's a more Room 303 introduction than that, than just cracking the beer before he says anything. So, the greatest uh, boys in the world. Uh, Mr. Mr. Putnam, our executive producer, will uh, will join us later. Right now, we have intern Nevada who's slugging beers like a total unprofessional podcaster. But Jermaine, J- but Jermaine did start the episode by saying this episode was brought to you by uh, what, what was what's the uh... Cutwater? Maybe remember the last thirteen point two percent. We remember the re- the last episode that was brought to you by Cutwater. So let's hope that Hold we're on, more wait, tame. Let me just that. get this off my chest. Fuck Coach K. <laughs> so like said, so the, today's trivia question is, in honor of the national championship, I, we've been saying all week 
and maybe two weeks now that OSU is going to be blowing out. <laughs> Actually, OSU is going to get blown out by Alabama. getting blown out. Yeah. yeah, get blown out. So we're we went back. We did a little research. Yes, our research is better than yours, uh, and we looked for the largest differential in a college championship game. A uh, bonus question: If you can tell us when college championship games started, what year? All right, so I just made that up right now. And the answer is, on to NFL. All pro teams were announced. Unanimous decisions were uh, made for Aaron Donald and Travis Kelsey. I feel like, like, yeah, you can't get that wrong. Why was Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers not unanimous, though? Uh, Two people voted for – I think two people voted for Aaron Rodgers. Two people voted for – Aaron Rodgers, or uh, no, Patrick Mahomes instead of uh, Aaron Rodgers. Ah, got it, got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. I don't, so okay. I, looking at this, I don't really see any big time snubs. Did you see any snubs? No, not really. I, I mean, Mahomes not getting maybe like more votes, but that's, that's not. Yeah. Oh. Well, is that right? Dalvin Cook didn't make all pro? Yeah. Wow. That is correct. Well, that's why are you only picking one quarterback? I mean, one running back. I guess it's the first team. No, first team has one quarterback, one running back. Oh, one running back. And then they probably probably picked two running backs. What? And then second team has two running backs. No, second team only has one. Second, second team tight. I'm I'm looking here on the website. Second team tight end was vacant. Yeah, they said fuck that position. <laughs> you, can't, you can't you can't figure out who the second best tight end is in the NFL. It's super easy. It's Darren Waller. How are you going to disrespect that man like that? What I like no, but the the, the sheer laziness factor of the of the associate is it the, still the Associated Press that does it? What the fuck? Cole Beasley made all pro? I know he balled this year, but you got to be kidding me, bro. Yeah, white skill players. Justin Jefferson made it. What is going on with this list? What do you Oh, the second team. Yeah. The second team has a three way tie between Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, and Cole Beasley. Like, no disrespect to Cole Beasley. Like, he put in work this year. And, like, if you haven't. Peep to stats, peep to stats, but so give the man a Pro Bowl. St- yeah, give him a Pro Bowl, the meaningless award. But all pro- you're going to tell me, Cole Beasley was in the realm of dominant with Calvin Ridley and DK Metcalf. How many DeAndre games? Hopkins. How many games did Cole Beasley miss this year? Oh my god! I, now I'm like, now that I've really deep dived this, I'm like. Instantly, I love I love how we're like, no, nah, I, I didn't really see anything wrong with it, except for I hate this and this. <laughs> I hate. Oh my god, Alabama's so good, dude. Uh, he played in 15 games this year, 967 yards, only four touch. Get the fuck out of here! He didn't even have a thousand yards. You fucking eat, your, eat my short. Only- Fucking sports riders. I hate you so fucking much. Held off on the disc just to say fucking. <laughs> you're like, eat my shorts, you fucking asshats. 
All right. Okay. So we so we here at Room Three Hundred Three have a lot of problems with the All Pro team. <laughs> After further review, I retract my statement. Empire in Three, bro. Fuck the Rebels. That's right. Man, dude, we should we should do what the Eagles did. We should fire sports writers or their head coach. Well, we don't really have a sports writer head coach. So, so Doug Peterson was fight was it was announced yesterday. Doug Peterson is is no longer the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. If he doesn't bench Jalen Jalen Hurts, he's still the coach. One thousand percent. He gets at least eight more games next year. He deserves everything coming his way. A hundred percent. Because he fucking actively threw a pro sports game. It's the, one of the most despicable fucking things I've ever seen, and I'm so glad he got his fucking ass handed to him. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know, like, I don't know if you want me to have like sympathy, sports writers, but you can't, like, you, you have like, like tank for Tua or tank for Trevor is fun to say, but no team actively wants to lose games. No, that's I think we're gonna get that. At the bottom of their heart, the Jets fans are kind of still a little bit excited that they won at least one game. There's 53 grown men on that, those rosters. Don't disrespect the other 53 men on that roster. Nevada, thoughts on Doug Peterson getting fired? Oh, yeah. Deserved it. No problems with that whatsoever. I mean, there you, ha- there you have it, man. A few words. You're, you're so playing know- a division opponent, and you're just going to be like, nah, fuck it. I want the other guy to win. The other division opponent to win. Come on, no. So who are we? We I, we're running out of targets really quick, Jermaine. Every target that we've spotlighted has been has been has had their head chopped off within the next three weeks. Yeah. So, so I think I, I think the owners are also avid listeners of the podcast. So who are we head hunting now? I don't who's, know. Let's, what, let's uh, let the executive producer pick the next head coach we're going after. Yeah. Who's who's our next head coach target? Oh man, I don't know. I have to think about that one. I mean, we got all the good ones out of the way. Yeah, <laughs> uh, all the good ones. I, I know. I know. Nick's on the, I know Nick's on the Sean McVay uh, bandwagon right now. No, Sean McVay just beat Seattle in Seattle. Sean McVay is not a good coach, though. How are you going to say that? He's, He's not just- like well, because he can remember plays. Uh, February first, nineteen sixty-seven. We they ran an option sweep behind the back. Doesn't mean you're a good coach. It means you're a Jared so- Goff is trash. Jared Goff is, is trash. Jared Goff is not good, and he continues to have them almost in the playoffs. If like you used like to use this all the time for Mike Tomlin, if the seven seed was last year, the Rams would have been in the playoffs. He's not good. His You're play calling is shat. Out of your fucking mind, if you think there's that. one, there's one good play caller in the NFL, and his name is Jason Garrett. Damn, man, I've been I've been sitting here like trying to figure out who we're trying to get fired, and I can't. I think of I think we've yeah, I think we've reached an equilibrium in the NFL right now where we don't hate anyone that's a head coach. I no, I got. I, we got to elect someone. We got to start the campaign now. And I think I got it. Go ahead, Nevada. What do you oh, think? Okay. I was thinking it's hard for me to put this name out because he's done so much with such a shit quarterback. But Matt Nagy in Chicago. 
Matt Nagy, though. But Matt Nagy took him to the playoffs. <laughs> I know. That, 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 it's hard, hard to say. Hey, fuck you, Nick. Like, get Matt, out Nagy, Matt Nagy and his play calling are the reason the Bears are in the playoffs. Oh, my gosh. Let's let's right, not yeah. go with that. Their play calling's not. <laughs> he has nine tight ends still. <laughs> and none of them can catch a ball in the end zone. I, I yeah, said <laughs> Jimmy Graham one handed at zeros at the clock. Um, I think okay, it's got to be Mike McCarthy. Okay, yep, it's Mike McCarthy. Yeah, I'm I'm down I'm down I'm down to clown with that. It's got to be Mike McCarthy. Like he should not uh-huh. have been hired again. Madgerman, <clears throat> fuck Mike McCarthy. <laughs> I've always hated him. <laughs> Mike Holmgren is the best Mike in Green Bay history. Isn't that sad that you're the second best head coach named Mike in your in your team's history? <laughs> to Michael, they look like each other though. That's what's so ridiculous about those two dudes. Speaking if, of, if you had Mike a lineup. Mike Holmgren is is just uh, Andy Reid, but slimmer, right? When I was uh, growing up, I could never tell the difference between Andy Reid and Mike Holmgren. That's what I'm saying. So I can't tell the difference between Michael J. Fox and Emilio Estevez. And Mike Holmgren, Mike McCarthy, and Andy Reid are the same person. If you line them up in a police lineup the si- like with six lookalikes, I'm not picking the three out, bro. I'm not. I'm not. And Emilio I mean, the only problem is that Michael J. Fox is going to be sitting there just jerking around and he can't yeah. stand still. So I was yeah, talking about the three head coaches. You didn't have to disrespect the man with the disease. That's hurtful, bro. Dead ringer. <laughs> that <Wait>. one's Michael. <laughs> Yo, is J. Fox dead? I don't know. Maybe RIP. <laughs> no, he just did like a 60 minutes uh, a month or two ago. Dude. Did you just say you watched 60 Minutes? How old are you? I saw a commercial once. <laughs> it was like one of the ads between the Pornhub uh, videos. All right, calm down. Porn- wow. 60 Minutes advertises during Pornhub videos? No, Nevada's first episode, he's dropping Pornhub for the listeners. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm still more confused about why 60 Minutes advertises on a platform that's not really their viewer base. They have cheap ad space. So, speaking of Mike McCarthy, his Dallas Cowboys just hired a new defensive coordinator, Jermaine. Yeah. It's it's a lateral move at best. <laughs> so we'll talk about a person. 28th in defense to 24th. <laughs> we'll talk about a person later in the show that continues to fall up into positions. Uh, Dan Quinn continues to make lateral moves based on two years that he had with one of the greatest secondaries, if not the greatest secondary in NFL history. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, Dan Quinn was the Seattle Seahawks coordinator in 2013 and 2014. It got to him the Atlanta Falcons uh, job as their head coach. And except for 2017, the Falcons were in the bottom 10 in points allowed his whole tenure. It's, it's, it's unreal. Chris Boyd is a disciple of the Seattle Seahawks defense. And he's already there with Dallas. Why don't you just promote him if you're going to hire fucking Dan Quinn? It's the same thing. You're going to run the same Seattle scheme that 13 other deep deep coordinators in the league run. And offensive coordinators know how to beat it. It's set on a certain set of predicated rules 
about switching. And offensive coordinators are smart enough to figure it out. I don't understand why they keep hiring this scheme. Cause, cause, cause Jerry likes him. I think he's a, I think he's a real, uh, real smart guy, real good defensive coordinator. And if we can improve our points allowed from 28th to 24th, well, hell, get Dak back. Don't pay him, right? Can't pay him, but get him back. We might have a chance to go eight and eight, win the NFC East by three games. Unreal, dude. Yeah, fucking classic fairy jump. You know who's going to get paid before uh, Dak Prescott? Jerry Jones will? No, well, Jerry Jones was already paid, so. No, Tyler Heineke is going to get paid before Dak Prescott. Yeah, dude. Let's move into the wild card preview. Well, can we, well, let's, let's, let's just cover real quick. Well, I, was I, made a bold, I made a bold prediction last week. It wasn't even I, a prediction. Fuck out of here. It was a clairvoyant look into the future <laughs> <laughs> that Deshaun Watson, his best destination would be go to Miami and have Miami trade Tua to the Texans with, with the Texans first round pick. Hilarious. However, I meant it in a total joke. And Nick Castiero is literally, the, there's literally rumors coming out that that Deshaun Watson will ra- waive his no trade clause to go to Miami because he understands the hilarity of getting the draft picks that they traded for DeAndre Hopkins traded back to them. No, it was for Laramie Tunsil. Oh yeah, so they got a second round pick for for Hopkins, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, dude. And, and a player later to be named. So, dude. All right, sorry, I'm going to interrupt real quick, but Alabama's. Devontae Smith, I think he got hurt and went back to the locker room earlier in the pod. And now Michi is picking up right where he left off. Steve Sarkeesian can just plug in a wide receiver and get him open in this offense. It's unreal. But what did, what did, what did we say pre-podcast? We said that that what's his name? Smith is not going to do well in the NFL because he is just a plug and play wide receiver. I, I do have questions about him. I just don't know how he's going to handle Jamal Adams hitting him dirty. You know what <laughs> well, I mean? Yeah, Jamal Adams has to cover him first. <laughs> no, he can still hit him out of bounds. So what I was going to do, I was going to start the wild card preview, and then I was going to mention that Nick, Nick Stradamus overshadowed the entire super wild card weekend. Because Deshaun Watson dominated wildcard weekend, didn't he? Didn't play a snap, and every single announcer talked about Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. He was the biggest thing going on wildcard weekend. Not the six teams <laughs> trying to – wait, how many – no, it was 12 teams. Jesus Christ. 12 teams, yeah. Six a day. Can't go. But All right, so – Let's go through the wild card games. First game was Bills versus Colts, and we're going to let Nevada take this away because he's a big fan of the Bills Mafia. Well, I mean, yeah, when you got people that think alike like you, I mean, you're going to be a fan of it. Um, but Josh Allen, he's proven it. He is a top two QB in the AFC right now despite what uh, some people might say, but yeah. I, that game, hold, on, hold, on, hold on, top two? For the AFC, yes. 
Okay, carry on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that game, there was nothing about it that you thought the Bills aren't going to win. Even though how the game went, I didn't have any problem with the way the Bills played. They played like the Bills. Stefan Diggs got his touchdown. He got, got his touches. Cole Beasley, like you mentioned, second team All-Pro. Just another uh, skill player white guy, killing it. Um, he did well. So I, I think it's going to be a good game with the Ravens, but um, I know we've had some disagreements here in the pre-podcast stuff as far as Bills and Ravens, but Josh Allen is showing that he can do it. I just don't think the Bills are clear runaways versus the Ravens is what I'm saying. I don't think that. My concern is that Josh Allen played a near-perfect game and only beat the Colts by three. And the Colts had an an opportunity to go down and win that game at the end. He played a near-perfect game. 26 for 35, 324 yards, two touchdowns, 11 carries for 54 yards, and another rushing touchdown. Near-perfect game, and he just beat the Colts by three. And this is the same Colts team that you were seeing in their praises for being the top defense in the league, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he beat the top defense in the league. Wow. That, that was like that was like week thirteen by Philip Rivers and his children playing wide receivers. <laughs> you you said, don't have any wide receivers though. You said an interesting stat to me, Nevada, that Philip Rivers has more kids than playoff victories in his career. He, he does. And uh, give me a second. I want to get the stat right. But I, if I'm not mistaken, it was seven or no, nine kids to five wins. <laughs> nine kids. Five wins. Nine kids, five playoff wins. And – Philip Rivers has seven playoff losses. So he's almost a one-to-one ratio between games and wins or uh, kids and playoff games. Wow. That's unreal. Okay. So I love that we're supporting Bill's mafia. I'm a big fan of Bill's mafia. Yeah. Devontae Smith is still hurt. That's crazy. But Deshaun Watson is the second best quarterback in the AFC. Oh yeah. Without question. I think in the playoffs. Yeah, we're talking. If you're talking playoffs, oh, you meant second best quarterback in the AFC playoffs. Yes, my bad. Okay. If you're talking total AFC, yes. Patty Mahomes, Deshaun Watson. You're talking playoffs because Deshaun's sitting at home right now, trying to get to Miami. Trying to get to Miami. Okay, I that, that was why I was just like, all right, let me fit. Let let me let him finish his Bills Bills review. But I was like, what? All right, so the second game of the night, Nick has been calling it since like week seven. Seattle versus the Rams. Take it away, Nick. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I don't know if you guys took me seriously, but no, nobody does. Russ was cooking as of week eight, and then Pete Carroll was like, "You know what? I really don't like being unbeaten." and being the top team in the NFC without question and having the front-runner MVP candidate without question. So I'm going to go back to my shitty, run-heavy offense, and I'm going to just barely 
uh, I'm going to go from the one of the top offenses in the uh, in the NFL to an average offense, and then I'm going to get beat by one of the worst play callers uh, in the NFL and one of the worst uh, quarterbacks in the NFL, but pretty handedly. Sean McVay's a good play caller, dude. Chill out. He's a good play caller. His quarterback's trash. You may not like Sean McVay. You may want him fired because everyone loves Sean McVay, but he's a good play caller. Everybody loves him for okay. I, I so I I will be I will be as the kids say no cap right now. <laughs> I'm not even sure if I really understand the cap reference. Cap or no cap? I, oh, go ahead. I I I think Sean McVay is a guy who is very good and deserved to get a head coaching position. I think everybody else blowing him up the way he did and then instantly hiring guys from his coaching tree after two years of him coaching is ridiculous. I think the praise that he gets for being such a savant is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. But to say he's not a good ball. No, and, and that, yes, I get it. And that's just, that's just gerrymandering and, and uh, ridiculousness. Yes, Nevada. Uh, quick question here, Nick. So mm-hmm. you're, I understand you're not a Sean McVay guy. Um, what about his 36-0 and record when leading at halftime before Sunday? Oh, he finishes games. Good job. So he's better than half the coaches in the NFL. Good. He can finish games at halftime. His name is not Mike Vrabel or yeah. not John Harbaugh. Bill we'll get to that in a fucking second. But if you finish above half of the teams in the NFL, that makes you a top 16 team. I just said he's a good coach. Jesus Christ. What do you want from me? I was being honest. Yes, he's a good coach. Yes. But I'm not like every other sports writer in America that's like, oh, Sean McVay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Rams beat the Seahawks because the Seahawks refuse to, refuse to do – what I, I what uh, they refused to pass the ball to to two of the best pass catchers in the NFL with a guy in Russ Wilson who can who can throw the ball pretty much all over the field. That's that's really my. So I heard DK Metcalf uh, had drops in this game. Yeah, but he also had ninety six yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. The drops are super key. Now, how much did the Seahawks lose? The Seahawks lost by how much again? Ten. Oh wow, they got they got beat pretty handily, bro. Without Aaron Donald, dude, that Rams defense was flying all over the field. Did you watch that defense? Some no name uh, guys making play after play after play. That is that's good coaching, bro. So we'll talk about it in the NHL preview a little bit. And and one thing that I love about NHL is they're very low key in their celebrations, right? When they win, when they make the playoffs, when they win the conference, the the, the celebrations start after they win the Stanley Cup. Right. I think that this wild card weekend was marked by two things revenge games and people talking shit after they won, right? The Seahawks clinching the division and, and Jamal Adams backwards lighting a cigar. And yeah, but he was with the Jets for his whole no, career. I, Let the man I, live, bro. <laughs> he lit a cigar and then they played the Rams in the first round of the playoffs. You're giving them bulletin board material. Lit a cigar after beating the Rams. And two, terrible coaching. There was some awful coaching this weekend. Awful. So, with that being said, 
we'll move into some of those revenge games, which were on Sunday, and we'll ca- we'll we'll probably end up where we started with Tyler Heineke. Let's move into the Ravens Titans Sunday morning game, and good God, I have not been that upset watching a football game that I had no dog in. Except for, you know, my cold hard cash. But money's money. I'll just make more. I was so pissed off watching that game. I Like, there is nothing I can say more than other than what the actual fucking Kyle Shanahan are you doing? Does I mean, does anybody want to win this game? Like, did, did anybody want to win this game? It seemed like the Ravens won the game just because. Like, well, they just... <laughs> God. It was Jim Harbaugh getting out coached by Mike Rabel, getting out coached by Jim Harbaugh, out coaching everybody. Or like under coach. Sorry, did I say out? I meant under. Under coaching. It was like who could make the worst call? Fourth and two on your own 40. And you're down by a touchdown and you elect to punt Mike Rabel. He couldn't even explain it in his press conference. It was a classic hold my beer game. Both coaches were so mad at the other coach that they kept making bad decision after bad decision. And the only reason the Ravens won is because Lamar Jackson settled down after his shitty first 20 minutes of football. And he played a cool, calm game for the last 40 minutes and ended up winning that game. Despite He must have heard Twitter and everyone else talking shit about him because he fucking settled down. He was sacked four times in the first in the first court, uh, first half. Four, and Lamar Jackson settled down and came back and won that football game. So here's the thing, right? We we have a text thread. I was singing Arthur Smith's praises when the Titans were up ten nothing because he came out with a very innovative, good play call to beat the Ravens. Throw against the Ravens. Run Derrick Henry when it's not expected for you to run him. Second and long. Run Derrick Henry. And guess what he did? After he went up 10-0, he went back to first down, Derrick Henry. Second, Second down, down, Derrick Henry. It wouldn't have mattered. If Mike Vrabel would have gone for it on fourth, you know, yeah, I, I, might inv- I might admire Mike Vrabel a little bit. Because if he would have went for it on fourth and two, it just would have been a halfback dive with Derrick Henry that would have gotten one yard and failed anyway. So, why, yeah, why, why not? Why not do that? Just punt it and, and, and put him back and do a 25-yard punt. That's what they did. That was. It, I know. It's better than a one-yard halfback dive with Derrick Henry. AJ Brown, I mean, offensive pass interference aside, I think there was like three or four catches. AJ Brown should have got called for OPI. But (laughs) OPI aside, AJ Brown could not be stopped by the Ravens. No. And they refused to throw the ball to him. Well, when they threw, they threw it to him. They refused to throw the football. (laughs) That was was the problem. More. 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 Kobe Bryant's yelling right now. More. More. Unreal. But so we covered that bad decision. Arthur Smith was in the head coaching running and could very well have coached himself out of any head coaching vacancy that was available based on this one performance. I don't think so, dude. Think about the teams that are available right now. They love hiring bad play callers. Well, I, I think there's just a lot. I think everyone's just really bad at play calling in the NFL. The Detroit Lions are well. That's because college hasn't come up with some new innovative scheme for them to steal lately. 
Well, Joe Brady got hired already. Yeah, I know. And uh, Carolina's hear- offer- All right. So, segue. Did you hear that Joe Brady is being looked at for the Atlanta Falcons head coaching position? <laughs> Dude, unreal. So I heard it already, but that's that's the look of disgust on my face that the Carolina Panthers can't even keep an OC for one year. <laughs> he's already Dude, that that guy is got he's rocket strapped, bro. He's rocket strapped to the moon right now. All right, so Titans Nevada, any any final thoughts on Titans Ravens? Um I mean, not much. The the only thing that I can really think about uh, just looking back on it is that, and I know you and or me and Nick, Lamar Jackson cannot pass. He cannot pass in big games. He cannot show up in big games. Yeah, he ran for 136 yards. Cool. You did it against the Titans, who are not the same Titans from last year, who were very good in the playoffs. Uh, coming up here against the Bills, much tougher test. You're going to have to play with Josh Allen, try to keep up with that. And Cole Beasley, of course. Oh, my God. He's been at this po- He's going to be fine and cut. He's been on this podcast so much. Fuck Cole Beasley. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this game, despite the other games, I think this one was kind of the one that was kind of trash, even though it was still two good teams. Uh, the score and the play just didn't really play out that way. It shouldn't. It should have been much better than what it came out to be. There was there. It, it was an emotional football game from everyone, and the only the only person that seemed to control his emotions at the end was Lamar, and that's why they wrapped it because the Ravens' defense was emotional the whole time and, until the end when they finally made the play that won the game. Like the head coaches were acting irrational and emotional. This is a true rivalry now. Like I don't know where people have been for the last three years, but Titans Ravens, it's they hate each other. And I, uh, I, I would expect that in a game, in a game like this, like a twenty to thirteen game, you would say, "Oh, both defenses played really well." I didn't get the impression that the defenses played well in this game. It was just terrible coaching. Their opportunities were there. It felt like I like if I were just to give like a, a like a Madden play sheet, like the three Madden play calls, I probably could have called it better than than uh, both OCs and head coaches called the game. The only thing that played well was the Ravens' run D. The Ravens' run D played well. They did. That was the only every, – every, neither secondary played well. The Titans overall did – defense did not yeah. play well. Uh, but, yeah, it was the Ravens' run D. Um, I, so, all right. So, we buried Arthur Smith enough. We buried Mike Ravens. Uh, we buried – we buried uh, – well, it's John Harbaugh, right? It's yeah, Jim, John. Harbaugh. Well, it's Barry Jim too. Fuck Jim too, but yeah, it's John. Uh, yeah, and your dumbass contract extension. Yeah, but we'll move on to the next head scratcher of a ball game, and that is the Cleveland Browns versus Pittsburgh Steelers. And I don't <laughs> first. Are you saying a head scratcher because where did where did Cleveland come from? What magic juice did Cleveland drink? No, I meant it was a head scratcher because of coaching again. Mike Tomlin punted. They had Cleveland on the ropes in the second half. They had scored consecutive points. They were at fourth and 
fourth and two, I believe. They were fourth and two, and Mike Tomlin elected to punt. And when he punted, I thought to myself, all right, Cleveland's scoring now. Momentum's gone. They had Cleveland on the ropes. Instead of throwing the haymaker that dropped him for the refs' 10 count, they gave him an opportunity. They, they rang the bell and let them rest for the next round. Cleveland came back, scored. They were never in it again. And this was – you and I just had this discussion about Mike Tomlin being disrespected. And then Mike Tomlin goes out and does not back us up. He belongs in Tier 2 with that call. You played an awful game. Big Ben had three interceptions at that point. You guys had one fumble for a touchdown. They recovered it for a touchdown. You were in striking distance to make them feel all the pressure. First playoff game since 2002. Haven't won a road playoff game since the 1960s. The instant pressure of their entire franchise would have been on top of them if Pittsburgh scored. On top of that, they were playing against Pittsburgh. That's their big rival. They fucking hate each other. Mike Tomlin had the chance to go for the juggler and said, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and bench Big Ben and let you in the playoffs and then not show up when we play you in the playoffs. Yeah. All respect to the Cleveland Browns. They haven't practiced in two weeks. They had offensive linemen that Baker Mayfield met game day because they weren't allowed in facilities. Like the first time they ever shook each other's hands and seen each other in person was on game day. And they went out and fucking beat the brakes out of Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh because home field advantage ain't shit anymore. No head coach. No big deal. They said first play, first road playoff win. Yeah, dude, exactly. Allen Iverson was there in spirit, dog. Unreal. I was losing my shit. I popped a beer when they went up 28-0 and proceeded to get drunk the rest of the night. I haven't been drinking this year, and I was just like, fuck it. I'm celebrating Cleveland, baby. Let's go. This is a pro Cleveland podcast. You retired. You retired, remember? I did retire. Every good comeback starts with uh, getting out and then coming back in. Yeah, dude, I'm I'm channeling my Brett Favre right now. No dick pics. Brett Favre sent a dick pic to someone? Oh, yeah, that was the whole... Uh, oh, yeah, that was his whole Jets thing. Remember when he said it to the reporter? Long time ago. Very long callback joke that Nevada just made. Well, yeah, it's, it was a joke that he happened when he was watching 60 Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I didn't know Brett Favre sent a dick pic. That's ballsy, bro. Yeah, when you- he was with the Jets. You're Brett Favre. Do you have to send did a you dick just, pic? Did you, just make, did you just make a dick pic joke inside of a dick pic joke? I did. I was that was wondering. pretty ballsy. That was a good, that was a good <laughs> joke. All right, so let's, let's move on to Bears-Saints. Uh, that game went exactly how it planned because the Bears uh, didn't score until uh, the final possession. And they dropped one in the end zone. All right, moving on. Dude, that drop. <laughs> We're not even going to there's nothing good to say about the Saints. They won because they're playing the Bears. Moving on to Bucks, uh, Washington. I fucking. All right, Jermaine. What do you want to say about the Saints? They did exactly what they were supposed to do and beat the Bears. Congratulations. Hope you get stomped. I don't have, hope you get stomped by the Bucks. I hope both teams lose because of COVID. Let's just have them tie and auto advance Green Bay to the Super Bowl. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> 
I'm fine with that. Green Bay's not my division. I don't hate Green Bay. All right. So, well, I guess we're not going to talk about the Saints for whatever fucking reason. Who's, uh, who's, your, who's your cornerback again? Who's my corner? Who's, 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 yeah, who's that corner that got the that got the wide receiver ejected? Who now oh. has two ejections on the year? <laughs> Chauncey Gardner Johnson, bro. That's him, yeah. Chan- Chauncey Gardner Johnson now has now has gotten two Bears wide receivers ejected this year. He's the Bears kryptonite, <laughs> bro. He gets under people's skin, and it's fun to watch, bro. He's like he's like Draymond Green. If he's on your team, you love him. You love Draymond Green. But if he's not on your team, you hate Draymond Green. <laughs> so Chauncey Gardner Johnson's that dude because he goes in there and he gets ready to hit people in the mouth. Uh, I mean, all right, we don't really have to say anything, but uh, the Saints got healthy out of nowhere, and they look scary. Kamara, Michael Thomas, Deontay Harris, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Janoris Jenkins, Marcus Williams, Andres Pete, our, le- our leading sack, our, he led our team in sacks, didn't play this game, Trey Hendrickson. He had the same amount of sacks as Aaron Donald this year. Didn't play this game because he was out with a neck. Taysom Hill got hurt, his knee and concussion. And somehow the Saints are healthier now going into the second week of the playoffs. So I will say that it's incredibly hard to beat a team three times in a season. And, uh, you know, that's all ESPN is going to talk about when they talk about Breeze versus Brady. And all the talking heads are going to pick the Bucks because it's incredibly hard to beat the team three times. And nobody's going to have an original thought. It's like, but how often does somebody play somebody three times in a season? That's probably why you guys have the statistics to back that up. Didn't the Panthers and the Saints play each other for the third time in the uh, playoffs like two years ago? Yeah, the Saints waxed that ass poetically. (laughs) All right, moving on. I like to refer to them, the class of the NFC South. Moving on to the team that Jermaine just mentioned, the Bucks and the Bucks in Washington. Tyler Heineke, or Taylor, Tyler. Taylor, 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 Taylor Heineke played a perfect game. And the only reason he didn't win was he faced a guy named Tom Brady. 1000%. Tom Brady had Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, and Chris Godwin to throw to. And Tyler Heineke has scorned McLaurin. Yeah. And why actually, uh, Charles Sims yeah, was his leading wide receiver. He's been a good good player all year. He's one of Cam those- Sims. Cam Sims? I thought it was Charles Sims. Hmm. Guess his name is Cam Sims. Well, I apologize, Cam. <laughs> you you just hate saying the name Cam. It brings back old memories. <laughs> so Ron Rivera is a great coach. I don't know how the Panthers let him go. Just kidding. No, he needed to be let go. It was it was time. He he was overstaying his welcome, a la Jeff Fisher and Marvin Lewis. But he's a damn good. He's a damn good coach. Alex Smith did not play. Who the hell gave them a chance? Tom Brady was sweating in the fourth quarter. Tom Brady doesn't usually sweat in the fourth quarter. No. Tom Brady's like, I don't play wild card weekend. What is happening yeah, right now? It's too, <laughs> too warm right now. <laughs> that, yeah, so, mean, it, go, go ahead. you go 
right. I was just I was just gonna wrap that up because it is what it is. Like Tyler Heineke yeah. played against the GOAT. Um but he played himself into a Matt Flynn contract, right? Yep, yep. 400 plus yards, six touchdowns performance, right? He's going to get paid now. Yeah, he's going to get paid. And it was in the, it, like the, the biggest, the biggest hurdle for people to get played to pay, get paid is how they played in the playoff game. Like the playoff game is the ultimate crucible for how a guy will perform under pressure. And he wasn't even supposed to start this game and he came in and dominated. Yeah, what was what was crazy about it is that you could probably find it on the internet. You can find everything on the internet. Not probably. You can find it on the internet. But Chase Young, earlier in the year, Tyler, Tyler Heineke was one of the 17 quarterbacks that Washington played this year to make the playoffs. And Chase Young was watching him play, and he was just like, man, I like this kid. This kid's good. And he's standing on the sideline. He's telling everyone. He's talking to coaches. He's hyped. He's plugged into the game, and he's hyped about his quarterback. And he goes onto the field. He's like, hey, man, keep doing you. They can't stop you. And he tells his quarterback that, Tyler Heineke. And, and, you, know, Chase, and you know what Heineke's response was? I don't I know. I know they can't stop me. Was it? It was, dude. Uh, yeah, it's like, I don't remember. If you, watch, said, if you watch the interview, if you watch – if you watch that, the the if you continue to watch that Chase Young video, he comes back on the sideline after talking to him, and he goes, Ugh, "I just talked to Heineke, and I said, hey, man, you're killing it. Keep it up.'" And he goes, "I know I'm killing it." I was like, "That boy bad." Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he does say that. That's right. You don't hear Tyler Heineke say. It. You hear Chase Young talk about how he said it. That's right. That's why I don't remember Tyler. Oh man, and Chase Young knew, bro. Chase Young knew before all of us, and Chase Young was not surprised. And that's why he ran off the field saying, we want Tom Brady. And then they – I'll tell you what, man. The NFC East is that you don't want them in the wild card. You you just don't. The Giants, (laughs) the fucking – the the Washington football team, which I hope they keep the name. Yeah. You got to keep it. What is your thought on that, Nevada? You want to say something bad. Once you just mentioned that, the the Giants – I had that thought as like, is Doug Peterson like a deep state Brady guy where he's like, I can't have the Giants face Brady. Otherwise he's out. Brady's out. Oh, dude, we got we got to start an investigation. What is Doug Peterson's coaching? <laughs> he what said deep state Brady, bro. <laughs> the same guys who gave the Saints COVID. Oh my god, I love it. Brady does have people, bro. Brady has people there. That's why he had that Yahoo Finance interview for Drew Brees. Well, and Joe Brady's former Patriot, Patriot coach. No, Joe Judge, Joe Brady. Or, yeah, I'm sorry, Joe Judge. Special yeah, teams coordinator yeah. for the Patriots. How much do you think he's like, oh man, no, Brady can't do the Giants. He's going down. Hmm. I, I, I got I love a good conspiracy theory. I, that's what I'm here for, bro. Joe Judge is like, I'm ready for it. Doug Pierce is like, hold, hold my beer. Hold my beer. Let me pull uh, Jalen out real quick. Don't worry, Doug. You'll be able to hold your own beer now. <laughs> did you hear that the Jets are – are? Did you? I don't know if Nick already said this, but the Jets are uh, talking about getting Doug Peterson as their coach. Oh. <sighs> 
<laughs> that's one of the rumors. Yeah, that's one of the rumors coming out is that Doug Peterson uh, has close ties with the Jets. And so that's like one of the rumors that's coming out. I, I don't know. Nevada did not like that news. Um, Doug Peterson has close ties with the Jets and loose ties with winning. So right up the Jets alley. Yeah, I mean, is he is Doug Peterson Adam Gase? Because Frank Reich left, and Doug Peterson was never the same. And Frank Reich is actually a good NFL coach. So a real good NFL coach. All right. Any any final thoughts on on Wild Card Weekend before we move into uh, until we move into this NHL preview from either of you? Um, man, I thought I loved it. Six games of football. I, I thought I was going to hate it. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, there were a couple games that I think should have been a little bit better, based just based on on the paper. But overall, I can't complain. Yeah, that I think there was a lot of good storylines coming into it and coming out of it, and the matchups that we've set up are really good. I mean, Mahomes versus Baker, right? Lamar versus Josh Allen, and here's the best part: uh, Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen are not very good, but the three quarterbacks I had ranked ahead of them are all in the playoffs right now. And all of them look damn good. And so I had Baker, Josh, and then Lamar. And I guess I had it wrong. I should probably put Josh Allen first because Josh Allen looks like the truth, bro. (laughs) And then, I mean, Brady versus Breeze in the playoffs. So we've got Brady versus Peyton. We've got Peyton versus Breeze. And now we've got Brady versus Breeze. It's it's the fitting end. It's like this is – this is us never getting LeBron and Kobe, you know, in the finals. This is us finally like Breeze versus Drew in the playoffs. Both teams are pretty good. And the offenses are – should be a matchup. Nevada? No, I agree. I'm looking forward to this uh, divisional round here this week. Uh, now that we got the scrubs out of the way. I think it'll be good. Um, I think everybody's definitely going to tighten up, but those quarterback matchups are so much better than what they were last week. They were good this this past week, but this week, like you said, Jermaine, Patty Mahomes, Josh Allen, Baker, everybody. And then you still got you got to throw in Aaron Rodgers on the other side. Yeah, it's going to be <laughs> We're going to conspicuously leave off Jared Goff. Like, no one's going to mention his name because we can't bring ourselves to say it. <laughs> He's broke. Bro- damaged goods. Damaged goods. But, Nevada, how can everyone tighten up if the Titans are not in the playoffs anymore? <laughs> Practice your people. All right. So, before we get into this NHL preview, just want to cover two little notes of uh, of news. So, Rob Manfred, the MLB commissioner, says the 162 game season will proceed as scheduled. Spring training, spring training starts in February. No delays right now to the season. So, because Rob Manfred is the worst commissioner in sports, the season will probably start mid July. Uh, and then, speaking of falling up into positions, Steve Sarkeesian left Alabama. He's coaching his final game tonight. 
the national championship as Alabama's OC. He's put some great play calls in, and it's going to get him a job in the NFL. The new Alabama offensive coordinator is Bill O'Brien. Jermaine, your thoughts. Quick thoughts. How the fuck? There it is. How the fuck does Bill O'Brien keep fucking doing it, bro? Patriots, Penn State, Texans, Texans GM. He, he Somehow he sucked off somebody and got all the power there. Fuck that franchise over for the next five years. To the point where they're probably going to have to trade Deshaun Watson. Because he's going to keep them good enough to not get good draft picks. And then, and then, now he's fucking Alabama's OC. How often does Alabama have to rescue the fucking trash of the world? Lane Kiffin, Steve Sarkeesian, fucking now Bill O'Brien. It seems like if you've had a checkered past, Nick Saban is like that hot girl who says she can fix you. He hasn't he gets some follow-on jobs. He gets some follow-on jobs. Because it's Alabama. It's the same. What Alabama coach has left or what Alabama coordinator has left and been that good? That's the same thing that Bill Belichick does over and over. You can't duplicate the system because Nick Saban and Bill Belichick eat, sleep, and breathe football. They probably have special made cereal where it's just grains in the shape of footballs. They sleep on a football shaped pillow, that's for sure. They so, yeah, sleep. Bill, they Bill, sleep with a football under the pillow. Bill O'Brien is falling up into a position that's going to get him another head coaching job. But let's move on to our main topic of the evening: NHL preview. That's why we brought Nevada on. Uh, We'll start by going down the division winners. That'll lead us to our Stanley Cup. Then we'll talk about the awards. So, let us begin. There are. So, basically, the way that the uh, NHL season will work is the NFL will play. uh, They start the NHL starts tonight or sorry, starts tomorrow, Wednesday with three games. They'll play an abbreviated schedule consisting of 56 regular season games. Uh, it'll end on May 8th. The regular season will. Um, just just the, to clarify, it's going to start in two days. Nick is, two, a day, is a day ahead of us right now. Yeah, that's right. It's Tuesday for me right now. So in two days, on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Uh, obviously, obviously the, the structure of the league has changed. The Eastern and Western Conference has been uh, eliminated for the 2020 season, and there's just four divisions, right? So we'll start with uh, the North Division which consists of the Maple Leafs, the Oilers, the Canucks, the Senators, the Canadians, the Flames, and the Jets. All right, gentlemen, thought on who is going to win the North Division. Yo, so I just want to open with this. Is This this is going to be the toughest division, right? No. 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 I don't no. think so, no. So, the North – I don't know. I feel, I feel like a lot of those teams have really good odds to win their division. It's gonna, it's gonna be like the NFC East. Good, like though it'll be com- the most competitive. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. So, like Nick said, the North, the North, bottom way to put it is it's all the Canada teams, um, which. 
only puts them at seven teams. Um, so stats wise, each team has a better odds to make it to the top four for the division. But as far as competitiveness, no, it, it's not going to be the most competitive uh, division as as they have it drawn right now. So um, I don't know. I don't know if you guys have talked about it beforehand, but in fact, I know you haven't because I listened to it, but each division gets four top teams. So four out of seven, obviously easier. So for me, my top four, I got Edmonton, Vancouver, Toronto, and Montreal as far as making it to the uh, to the playoffs. So those four. So so Maple Leafs, Oilers, Canucks, and Canadians. The Senators are the worst team in this in this division. We can all agree on that. They might be one of the worst teams in. <laughs> I think they're going to be the one of the worst teams in hockey. Yeah, it's I know. Them, I, it's them or the Blackhawks, baby. This 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 division is nice, like you said, Nevada. All 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 Canada teams, uh, Toronto and Montreal getting to play each other ten times this season. Calgary and Edmonton getting to play each other ten times this season. Uh, I think it'll be really good. I. Don't know. Uh, I got to look on Bovada, but the fact that the Oilers are are not the favorites to win this division is pretty surprising. Yeah, Oilers right now, as of today, are at four fifty. Well, I don't have division, but I got Stanley Cup. Um, let me see here. Give me a sec. I'm looking at division right now. Oilers are at four fifty. Four. That seems really high. Plus four fifty. I would say that's probably my bet out of the North Division is Oilers to win the division at plus four fifty. Yeah, that 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 would be a solid bet. Um, I think the biggest thing for the North, as far as betting wise, they got the Leafs at plus one twenty five, and then second place is the Oilers at four fifty. Like that, that's a huge range, yeah. betting wise, and it shouldn't be that that big. It's going to be closer than that because. Calgary could push for it. The Jets are kind of like a dark horse, and then Ottawa's just being happy to be playing hockey this year. Um, so, yeah, betting-wise, Oilers, Canadians, Canucks, they're between 450 and 600. I mean, you can't really go wrong, especially considering the Leafs are at plus 125. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So we'll move on. We'll move on to the East. So the East Division, obviously, uh, six teams from the from the former Metropolitan Division, two teams from the Atlantic the Atlantic Division. I I think that this is the most competitive division in hockey, or the most competitive, yeah, division. That's what we're calling it these days. Yeah, I I completely agree. I. Awesome. Uh, Boston, Philly, Washington, Pittsburgh. Right, so I'll, I'll go over the I'll go over the the teams. Right, Boston, Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington, the New York Rangers, the Islanders, the Sabers, and the Devils. That's six teams that made the playoffs last year. Yeah, I don't think Boston's going to be very good this year. Mm. Bold move, Cotton. Okay. I don't. Think, I don't think Boston wins this division. They're the favorites right now, and I, I'm looking at every other team, and I would rather bet every other team than them right now. For the complete division? For the division. Not for, like, Stanley Cup or, or anything like that, but to win the East, I think it's going to be someone besides Boston. 
Boston you, is the favorite right now at 250, right? 260. 260. Yeah, I got 260. If if you think Boston is lower than the Sabres or the Devils, um, then I will take your bet because you are going to lose. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> there's, there's no, podcast, podcast bet. Podcast bet. We're skipping the other five teams. I said I said the field and not the two worst teams that we all know aren't making the playoff. Like the Devils have been good forever. Okay, so the field minus two. I mean, the, the, they're in the field. If they somehow win the division, they so, like nobody's betting them. But what I'm saying is F- Philadelphia, yeah, no, but- Washington, Islanders, and Rangers, all, I like their odds to win the division better than I like Bru- Bruins. I'll disagree with you. I The East, like Nick said, is definitely the best division. I've kind of compared it, at least for this year, uh, like the NHL equivalent to Murderer's Row. This is going to be the division that everybody beats up on everybody. The talent in this division is ridiculous. Um, Boston hasn't really changed a whole lot. Uh, my top four to get out of the East, Boston, Philly, Washington, um, and then I'm kind of torn between the Islanders and Pittsburgh. It's kind of, do you go with goaltending or do you go with experience and better forwards with Pittsburgh? So I'd probably go with Pittsburgh on this one uh, simply because the Islanders lost their really solid backup goaltender in, in Grice. I, I, I don't know where this Philadelphia team came from in the bubble last year, but if they can put it together the way they put it in the, together in the bubble they could be a very uh very scary team to face coming out of this division i'm I'm not saying they're going to win the division but i'm saying they could be a very scary three four five six seed two years ago weren't they one of the the best teams record-wise regular season when was that i thought it was last year last year yeah they were number two and i think it was number two in the east um my my biggest thing for philly it all depends on if you listen to Spit and Chicklets, which of course we don't because that's a different podcast, but kind of hot. Uh, yeah, Carter Hart, he is, it all goes on him. He was unbelievable at home. On the road, uh, he's got a lot to prove, but at home, he was lights out. That's um, their goaltender? Yep, Carter Hart, the goaltender. So, other than that, they're forwards. They got pretty good forwards. Uh, Cordier, Giroux, Kenechi, Hayes. Those are all – that's two lines you could roll that can put up some points. And then they're, they're back in starting with Provorov. That's something that can get you at least at least in the top four. Um, you know, coming out of the East might be a different discussion. But like I said, it all comes down to Carter Hart, the goalie. If he's hot – and he can play and he can fix his road road woes, then there'll be something to contend with. They'll be like a Tampa Tampa Bay junior. Um, but yeah, Carter Hart has got to fix his, his road woes at home lights out. Have you ever seen a goalie that's more hot and cold than he was in the, bu- in the playing games in the bubble. And then in the actual like games that mattered in the bubble. I mean, he was, I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't, 
I, there wasn't a puck he couldn't stop in the bubble, and then there wasn't a puck that he couldn't stop in the in the uh, playoff games. Yeah, yeah, he especially last year uh, is when he really came on um, as a rookie. But yeah, I mean, like I've said, like you kind of alluded to, it's all about how much he can improve and be consistent. Yeah. I mean. Anybody that's watched playoff hockey knows that goalies, if they get hot in the playoffs, that's a team that's going to be rising to the top. And at this point, Carter Hart's not quite there. He's on the way, but he's got to get that consistency. If he gets that consistency, then there'll be a perennial uh, team that is always up there at the top. Yeah. So moving on, moving on to the, the West division. So, uh, the teams of the West Division, the Avalanche, the Blues, the Coyotes, the Sharks, uh, Vegas Golden Knights, the Wild, the Ducks, and the Kings. So two teams from uh, – three teams from this uh, uh, division that won the uh, – that sorry, that made the playoffs. Uh, St. Louis obviously won it, won the Stanley Cup two years ago. Uh, the other five teams in this – uh, miss the Western Conference playoffs, and I think we're the but we're the bottom five in the Western Conference last year, right? Am I right on that? Uh, yeah, pretty much. I know. Uh, let's see here. Checking it's, back. It, it's pretty much oil and water in this division. There, the 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 Avs, the the Avs, the the Avs, the um, the Avs, the Knights, and the Blues will make the playoffs, and and the other five are awful and will not make the playoffs. I guess I guess four teams make it. So my question to you then is since we all agree that the Avs, the Knights, and the Blues make it, who from the Wild Coyotes, Ducks, Sharks, and Kings comes out of this division? Coyotes. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard. You go Coyotes with Kemper because Kemper has shown and he showed the Avs in the first round for probably about two, two and a half games that he can stand on his head. The only problem is that he's got to do that for the entire season. Um, I have here for me, I've got, like you said, the Avs, the Blues, the Knights, and then I've got the, the mild in there, um, because they've got some decent talent and they've got a couple of young guns who might make a little bit of an impact. Um, but they've got some experienced coyotes, I mean, the Coyotes kind of limped into the playoffs last year, and that includes Taylor Hall, who's not there anymore. So that's a huge offensive point production where it's it's going to cost them. But, yeah, for the West, it's literally, as far as the division goes, top to bottom, it's the difference between the haves and the haves nots. It's pretty cut and clear, the top three and then the other five. Um unless somebody gets hot, unless the Ducks uh, or the Kings bring in their rookies, uh, Zegras and Byfield, and burn their year um, of the entry-level contract, which wouldn't make sense. Yeah, that that wouldn't make sense. If you're rebuilding, why would you burn a year? Um, Granted, they're protected for the Seattle Seattle draft, which is another story, but – it's not worth it for them to bring in the rookies right now and try to make that four seat. Cause they're just going to get demolished in the West. Yeah. 
I, so so you so you would say so Jermaine you would say that the flyer to take in this division would be the Coyotes to make the playoffs. Yeah, one thousand percent. So it's based on odds, past performance, and despite what he was talking about with their with their big time loss in the offseason. I just think they're going to be playing against these other teams: the Wild, the Ducks, the Sharks, and the Kings. And they had two of the best goaltenders last season like arguably the best goaltending tandem. And so they're going to be able to shut out those bad teams. And when you're in a year where you're playing your division a ton and you're going to be able to stop them from scoring pretty dominantly, right? You're, you're going to have a, the best shot. So I'm betting on that tandem to get them into the fourth seed. Do they make any noise in the playoffs? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I don't think they will at all. So also, I, I- also – they have one of the best alternative jerseys in the league. <laughs> that the, the the reverse retro for the Coyotes is pretty awesome. Yeah, that's pretty hot. Yeah, I uh, yeah. the the same exact reasoning that you used, Jermaine, in the five okay. of these teams. No, no, no. Five of the, the sorry the the reasoning before the reverse retro jerseys is that five of these teams were in the bottom of the Western Conference last year is the exact same reason I bet the Colorado Avalanche to win the Stanley Cup. Because I don't think Colorado, which is the thing that hurt them last year, is injuries with Colorado. Because they were getting beat up. I don't think they're... they're I think Colorado could honestly rely on their second and third lines to get them through this division. And they're going to have a well-rested team for the Stanley Cups, which should be scary to the NHL with Colorado with a well-rested team because what let Colorado down in the Dallas series last year it was goaltending and injuries if they come in with healthy guys they're good I got it at plus 600 it's since moved then to plus 650 and then Nevada obviously for that division Minnesota to make the playoffs uh prop I we probably have to dig around to find that so we'll dig around to find those for you so moving on to the central division hold on it's it's plus 1400 for the Minnesota Wild to make the playoffs, to yeah, in the divi- to win that division. So yeah, they- yeah, but I'm not saying they win the division. I'm saying they make the playoffs. Yeah, but they're the fourth best odds. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um. The. Uh. Oh, so moving on to the central division. So central division has the Lightning, the Stars, the Blue Jackets, the Blackhawks, the Hurricanes, the Predators, the Panthers, and the Red Wings. This is my pick for the second hardest division. And this is this is going to be one one of the one of the uh, one of the most fun divisions to watch because eight times this year the reigning Stanley Cup champion Tampa Bay Lightning will play the runner the Western Conference champion Dallas Stars and I think that'll be that'll be a great uh, a great um, a great game to watch. Uh, obviously, the 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 Detroit Dead Things are the only team in this division to miss the playoffs. They are probably going to finish uh, with zero and 56. 56 games. I predict they'll go zero and 56 and they'll disband the terrible franchise that is the Detroit dead things. Um, can we get a prop on Bavada for that? Can we get a, a Detroit disbanded at the end of the year? <laughs> boo, boo. What a Homer fucking trash talk. Boo the both of you. Just for that, I think Detroit is going to make the playoffs. All right, cool. so bet it. Yeah, bet it. I'll bet it right now, uh, dude. Let's go. Do it. So, Detroit, so. I'm betting them at plus 5,000 to win the division. 
Yeah, go for on it. the air. Bet slip. Ten dollars. Right. Ten dollars. I'll take that bet too. Five hundred dollars. <laughs> I will take that bet too. <laughs> Uh, so, so obviously the lightning, the lightning and the stars are probably not obviously the lightning and the stars are probably making the playoffs out of this. I would say of the other two teams to make the playoffs, I wouldn't look past the hurricanes and the predators, the hurricanes, again, devastated by injuries last year, but they have a great young team that if they can put it together this year, my concern is that I don't know that the hurricanes have veteran leadership. That they can they can perform well in the bubble because it's just young guys playing hockey. I don't know if they have those veterans that can take guys under their wing and really lead a team to to the playoffs. Yeah, that, I think that's totally fair. Um, as far as the central goes, as far as the regular season, I've got it boiled down to it's Tampa and then a bunch of solid teams. Um, yeah, minus minus Jermaine's dead things and uh, Blackhawks. Um, Blackhawks may have been in it a little bit, uh, just based on talent. But now with Taze and Doc out, yeah. um, Doc's out for a couple months, and then Taze he's out indefinitely. Was, yeah, and as a as a pro athlete, where he's saying he's got you know lethargic and he's no energy and stuff like that, that that's not mm-hmm. good news. That is not good at all. Um, so, yeah, Tampa is pretty obvious. The big, big knock on Tampa is that Kucherov is out. They're stud uh, forward uh, for the entire regular season, uh, which you may have heard is, is kind of some maybe a little bit of cap salary circumstance circumventation getting around the cap yeah circumventing the cap yeah yeah because he technically right now can come back for the start of the playoffs but he is out for the regular season so that's something where some some teams and some gms obviously anonymous anonymously have said like hey like this is not right well i mean they are playing within the rules so you know, if he does come back for the playoffs, it's totally kosher as far as the rules are concerned. Uh, but yeah, for me, I got Tampa, Dallas. Um, Dallas really hasn't changed anything. In fact, if anything, they've probably gotten a little bit better uh, just because they get Bishop back. You know, they're their number one goalie. And then they got uh, Kudobin as their essentially 1B goalie who brought them all the way to the Stanley Cup. Um, and then laid an egg. Yeah, and then laid an egg. But, I mean, the big thing with the playoffs for the Dallas Stars is they have to get Sagan and Jamie Benn going because they were terrible in the playoffs. So they got to score points in the playoffs if they're going to get back to the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Uh, they, they've got the talent to do it. They just got to show up. Um, so, yeah, I got Tampa, Dallas. I got Carolina. Um, probably is like a number two or number three because offensively they are deadly and their top D pair are a top D pair in the NHL. Um, big thing with Carolina is their goalie play. I know they were injured last year, um, which could possibly play into this year, um, but they don't have like a number one, clear-cut number one goalie that other teams do. 
Uh, for my number four, it was kind of tossed up between Columbus and Florida. Mm-hmm. So I don't have Nashville in there just because I they're more of a defensive team, uh, which Columbus is too, but Columbus has better top, I feel like top uh, forward lines more so than Nashville. So it's kind of a toss up between Columbus and Car- or, uh, Flor- Florida, but I will go with Flo- uh, Columbus just because of their top D pair, Jones and uh, Wawrinski, the best American duo D-line pair in uh, the world. No big deal, USA. Um, and they got good goalies with Elvis and Corpusalo. I mean, Corpusalo went, uh, was that, five OTs in the first round yeah. and, and crushed it. I mean, he, he lost by a goal. Simple as that. The big thing that could disrupt Columbus is that their best centerman, Pierre-Luc Dubois, who uh, just signed his free agent deal, he's not happy with Columbus. And he kind of wants out, but of course he's trying to save face and say, oh, no, you know, whatever, I'll deal with what I got to deal with and go from there. So if they end up trading him, which could be a big issue with uh, trades, seeing how – as the uh, Seattle expansion draft starts here this summer where people have to start deciding who they protect and who they don't, that could be an issue. Uh, But yeah, Florida's got top line talent. They could play with anybody on their top line as far as forwards. The only problem is their goalie, um, I guess more so as far as a management issue, a little bit more as a performance issue because, um, Bobrovsky, he's shown flashes where he can he can stand on his head and do stuff, but the Panthers are in a bad position with him as a goalie, uh, just contract wise. Ten million a year for I think the next I think it was seven years, six or seven years. That's a good and contract. Yeah, he's over thirty. He's he's doing well for himself, but for a team, that is bad news. Yeah, not good. So. I'll, I'll run down the list of uh, Stanley Cup favorites right now. So the top 10 Stanley Cup favorites, uh, or, or do you, you guys have it pulled up right now. I, I have a DraftKings one pulled up. So you want to run yeah. it down, Jermaine? Run it yeah, down yeah. on Pomona. Yeah, so I have it pulled up. Um, and you want to go with Stanley Cup first, or you want to go with uh, positional awards? No, no, go go Stanley Cup first. Right, yeah, and so, then we'll finish out by making our Stanley Cup picks. I already made mine, Av, Avs. All right, so um, Nick uh, so generously volunteered his before, even though we discussed how we were going to go through through division winners, then Stanley Cup winners. But, you know, Nick Nick plays oh, by his own rules. I talked so, about mine in the NHOS, so it's like whatever. Colorado Avalanche um, are the are the odds-on favorite to win it. The defending champions come in. Uh, sorry, Avalanche at plus 650. Then the defending champions come in at plus 800. You have my pick, the Vegas Golden Knights, coming in at plus 850. Then you have the Toronto Maple Leafs coming in at plus 1,000. The Boston Bruins coming in at plus 1,400. Don't do it. That's a dumb bet. Philadelphia Flyers plus 1,500. Blues, 1,800. Oilers, 1,600. Capitals, 2,000. Pittsburgh Penguins, 2,000. Stars, 2,000. Hurricanes, 2,000. To round out a four-way tie. You have the Canadians next at 2,200. You have the Rangers and Islanders both coming in for New York at 2,500. You have the Canucks at 2,800 with the Calgary Flames coming in there as well. Predators, 3,000. Jets, 4,000. Blue Jackets as well. Sabres, Sharks, 
Panthers all coming in at plus 5,000. Wild 5,500. Coyotes 6,000. Blackhawks 6,600. Kings and Devils and Ducks all 7,500. The Ottawa Senators at plus 10,000. And the last but not least to make Nick and Nevada's dick rock solid plus 1,500. 15,000 Detroit Red Wings. Put a dollar on that. Guess what? You'll lose a dollar. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So those are the Stanley Cup odds. Let's go. Uh, let's go. Rundown of of the of the yearly awards, Nevada. So so kick us off. Who? What? Where do you want to start? Uh, I'm. I'll start with the. Uh, I'll go from the bottom up as far as worthiness for awards. Okay. As far as being most uh, worthiness. Yeah. You know. Okay. Everybody wants to know the MVP. I'm not going to start there. You start from the bottom up. Giving the people what they want. Yeah. <laughs> Hold not, on there. That's not what this podcast does. No, we're not about that. Um, so the Silke, which is the best defensive forward. Um, I've got Mark Stone from the Vegas Knights. Um, he's just so good at taking away pucks from people. That's really kind of the big thing. You could say, like, you know, my other option was Patrice Bergeron. I don't know how much more he's going to be offensive, considering he's a captain. Um, but I'll, I'll go Mark Stone from the from the Knights. I, I agree. I agree with the Stone pick. I, I will submit Anthony Sorelli too from the from the Wild or not the Wild from the uh, Lightning. Yeah, just I, just because yeah. of the impact that he had in the Stanley Cup playoffs and how he's gonna how he's gonna turn it around in, in next year and he's so young yeah i i can't agree with or disagree with sorelli um i just think from what i've seen stone is more consistent like he what you see in the regular season is what you're going to get in the postseason if not a little bit more in the postseason yeah. sorelli obviously he kind of lit it up a little bit more in the postseason but in the regular season as far as the stats go and as far as the play go, you didn't really quite see it as much. So I'll go stone, just more consistent. Yeah. Uh, so for next, I got Jack Adams, which is the best coach in the league. Um, and for here, I just got it. It's Jared Bednar uh, for the abs. It, it's really his to lose just based on talent alone. As long as they're healthy and everything like that with that league or with that team depth, top to bottom forwards and the decor and you could argue goalies if they're completely healthy there's no reason he should not win unless he totally sucks it uh, who won it be... last year what's that who won it last year oh man i think it was cooper um but i'll double check on that Bruce Cassidy, Boston Bruins. Oh yeah, Bruce. Okay, Cassidy. yeah, Bruce Cassidy. Okay. I think it's going to be Peter Dubois, but that falls in line with what I think is going to happen this year. I think the Vegas Golden Knights uh, cash in on the expansion team, finally winning the Stanley Cup playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was kind of between Bednar and Dubois, um, especially because. Debar is really good at game planning against the other team. Not so much getting the best out of his team, but doing enough to get shut down the other team. So 
I mean, it also helps when you got like a man, you got like a $15 million goalie tandem between Leonard and uh, Mark Andre Fleury. So if you can't stop people, I mean, that's, that's a big problem. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree that it's, that it's Bednar's award to lose. It's it's really going to be if if they don't perform well, it's going to be the team that performs the best, and and I, yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, the Jack Adam Awards is kind of weird because it feels like it's more so about the team, yeah, and you could argue it's like, well, it's the coach putting the team in the best position. It's like, eh, yeah, okay, cool, but I mean, the team's got to still perform, so, and especially hockey, it's 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 really about a full key cohesive unit. Um, but yeah, I'll give it to Bednar. It's his to lose right at this point. All right. So what do you got next? Uh, so I got the Vesna, which is the best goalie. Um, for me, it's Andre Vasilevsky. He's the easy choice to win it. Um, kind of as we alluded to earlier, if, if Connor or if Carter Hart can figure it out and be more consistent, then it's going to be a very tight race. Uh, Connor Hellebuck from the Jets. He is very good, very solid. He won it last year. Um, Tuka Rask is always up there. And then I, my dark horse is uh, from Vegas, Robin Leonard. He can do it. He showed it at the, the last in last part of last year. He He's there. He can do it. But if Vaskaleski continues what he was doing, he can do it. So, um as far as betting, I guess you could say Vasilevsky, but he's probably him. the odds-on favorite, though. Oh yeah, he for sure is. Uh, he's at, he's at what, plus six fifty. Yeah. So just a rundown. Uh, he you named uh, four of the top five. My dark horse personally is Frederick Anderson, which is the Maple Leafs goalie. He comes in at plus twelve hundred, but Vasilevsky is plus six fifty, and then Hella Buke. Is plus eight hundred. Carter Hart is also plus eight hundred, and then Tuka Rask is plus fourteen hundred. Vasilevsky is plus six hundred to win the award, huh? Plus six fifty. That's not bad. Yeah, I like I like Hellebuck at eight hundred. Um, for eight hundred, yeah, that, that's a pretty good bet. Vasilev, like I said, Vasilevsky is the easy one. Um, he's usually more often than not one of the at least top three, top four as far as goalies go for the regular season. It just depends on what he does in the postseason, but obviously that doesn't count for the for the award. So I, I see the pattern going here. Are you going to talk about the Calder next? Yeah, I'll go Calder. Oh, for the best. Say, I just want to interject one, one thing on the uh, Jack Adams award because we didn't touch on the odds. But if you guys like Jared Bednar that much, plus 950 is what he's rocking right now. Really? Yeah, plus 950 is – I mean, if you guys are that confident in that bet, I know it's your team and you it's you guys are really, really good this year. And I mean shit, you were good last year. You guys just had a tough break. But plus nine fifty, and then Peter DeBoer comes in at plus twelve hundred. So if you like either of those two, those are those are right there. Um I don't have any of the odds for the defenseman trophy. I don't know why that's not on here. Okay. Yeah, just- I, no, the defensive forward. Yeah, I didn't. I, they don't have the odds for that right now. Yeah, just to touch on the Jack Adams. If I mean, if those are your bet lines, I'd probably put it on DeBoer because it's really 
pretty close to 50-50. So, I mean, if there's that much of a difference, I'd probably go DeBoer just as far as a, a betting standpoint. Yeah, you have DeBoer, uh, Brenda Moore, um, Armour, Amour, Brenda, Brenda Moore. Moore. Brenda Moore. Brenda Moore and Trotz all at plus twelve hundred, and then you have John Cooper at plus eleven hundred, and I'm not even sure who John Cooper Cooper actually coaches. Lightning's <laughs> coach. That's the Lightning coach. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not know that. Yeah, that's yep. me. John Cooper, the former lawyer. Yeah. So uh, the only reason I like the Maple Leafs goalie as the goal t- uh, for that sleeper pick at plus twelve hundred is is the competition they're going against. Right, you're playing your division a ton this year. And so I think that he can play really well against all those other Canadian teams. That's the only reason why I like him at plus 1,200. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, the only problem is that Toronto really doesn't have defense. So it's a lot of pressure on Anderson because um, the Maple Leafs, for lack of a better term, they are fucked on contracts. They've got – I think it was five or six people that have tied up about 40 or 50% of the entire cap and they're all forwards pretty much. So that's, that's, <laughs> yeah, not, that's, that's, that's not good. Not, that's not a good structure at all. No. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, let's see here. So Calder, which is the best rookie. Um, a lot of the experts have eat. I'm probably going to get this wrong. Igor Shisterkin. Uh, yeah, something like it's just whatever. Igor, um, he's the goalie for the Rangers, who usually color trophies don't necessarily go to goalies. They use, especially nowadays, they go to you know basically points, kind of like the Hart Trophy. Um, the biggest knock I have against Shesterkin is that he's playing against the East, which is going to be a massive bloodbath. I mean, that entire division alone could be a playoff division if they could do it. Um, so he's basically going to have to play a, play playoff hockey week in and week out. So how well a rookie goalie holds up against that, I don't know. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's going to be Tim Stutzel from the Ottawa Senators. Um, he is very good. He's been argued as the most pro-ready, best all around. So I feel like, especially Ottawa, they don't have much of anything beyond the first line for offense. So he could easily step in and start taking over, Um, and especially being in the the North Division with all the Canadian teams where they score a bunch of points and there's not a whole lot of defense or necessarily goalie stuff outside of a team or two, he could put up a lot of points and, and really show up as a rookie. Yeah. So um, to touch on the odds for those, <clears throat> uh, the consensus favorite Igor Shisterkin is plus two fifty. So that's, I mean, there's value there, obviously anything, anytime you can get plus that high, it's still value, but your pick, the German, um, the German forward, right? Tim Stutzel is plus mm-hmm. 900. So if that's your dark horse, I mean, those are great odds. Yeah, I, I like him. He was, he was one of the better ones for Germany during the world juniors here just a couple weeks ago And Germany got decimated by uh, Rona. So, and he showed up when he could 
he tried to carry the team as best he could. Um, so yeah, he's, I have no problem putting some money on him if that was the case. Yeah. Pl- uh, shoot. He, he is a very good ball. I mean, not ball player. That's just such a term I use all the time. He's a pretty good ice, ice player or hot puck player. <laughs> it's not really anything you say, but uh, yeah, he's really good. I watched that because I love rooting for the USA and shout out USA for actually winning that, even though they got mm-hmm. outshot in the final two periods. They got out outshot by like 66% or some absurd like number like that. I think it was like 24 to 8 in the final two periods. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was hockey prevent defense. We're up 2 nothing. Let's just hold on to it. Clear the zone. Let's let's win it. I've never Sometimes. seen so many dives to block pucks before in my life. I was like, USA, you got to be better than that. Come on, baby. Yep. All right, so um, what are we moving on to next? So next up, I got uh, we'll go uh, Rocket Richard. I think that one should be pretty uh, pretty simple. That one's between Ovechkin and uh, Matthews, Austin Matthews, and I, I got Matthews on that one. They were neck and neck this year. I don't see a reason why Matthews shouldn't win this one. This one, I, I'm pretty sure he's the odds-on favorite. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm going Matthews four hundred. Yeah, Math Matthews, especially on the penalty kill because he's all or power play, he's all over the place. So I got I got Matthews on the Rocket Richard, which is the best goal scorer in the league. Yeah. All right. So Matthews plus four four hundred. Ovechkin is plus five fifty. Um, and those those are the ones for the Rocket Richard. If you like Nathan McKinnon at plus fourteen hundred, that's that's fun. Yeah. I, Mac Mac is good, but he's he's more all around as far as like assists plus uh, points. So pure goal scorer, I'll go with Matthews on that one. Uh, the Norris, the best D man. This one might be the one where it's the most wide open. Um, you could put five, six, seven, probably eight different people in this category. And it would be hard to argue against any single one. Um, I maybe a little bit of a of a homer here, but I'll go Kale McCarr, who just won the Calder as the best uh, rookie. But he's going to be uh, placed with uh, Taze. Uh, I forget his first name right now, but he played with the Islanders, and the Islanders last year. Uh, ever since Trotz took over, have been a hardcore defensive-minded team, defense and goal score or uh, goaltending team. And he put up some really good offensive numbers. He was their number one power play defenseman. So this is going to open up a lot of opportunities for McCarr. Um, so I'll give it to him. I could also see Seth Jones from Columbus doing it uh, just because he's a very good all around guy. Uh, it just kind of depends on where, which way you kind of go as far as like, do you go with the points or do you go with all around? It seems like lately, as far as the Norris trophy goes, it's more so about points versus all around. Um, partially why Roman Yossi won last year. Um, so for that reason, I'll give it to Kill McCarr. Okay. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off, man, but we got to go. We've been running a little long, so I'm just going to wrap it up real quick and hit the trivia question, and then uh, 
we'll just push fine and we'll cut them to next week. Uh, the trivia question that we asked at the beginning of the podcast was post uh, – uh, was what is the biggest, largest scoring differential championship game? And that's uh, 1995 Fiesta Bowl. That's Nebraska versus Florida, and it's 62-24. to 24. Uh, Today, Alabama just won 52-24 to 24 as we predicted, so that was in honor of us doing it. And the bonus question was they started playing championships games in 1985. So – we're going to have to cut this a little short. We didn't get the full wrap-in of the NHL uh, due to the long-winded nature of us talking, but uh, some of us have to run. Finally, cut it was Evander Kane for filing bankruptcy uh, with liabilities of $26.8 million. Shout out the NHL preview. And then Chase Claypool saying the Browns will get clapped next week, even though they got clapped. So with that being said, we want to thank uh, executive producer slash intern Nevada Putnam for joining us for our NHL preview. This will not be the la- the last time he's on the pod, but it will be the first time. Um, for for me, Jermaine, for Nevada, and for Nick, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast Room Three Zero Three. It's been a blast. A humorous spokesperson. Hey everybody, have you ever watched a game and said to your buddies, "I knew." insert player name here was going to do that alas the sports gods have delivered us a solution the thrive fantasy app thrive is a -a one-of-a-kind daily fantasy sports app specifically for player props they've eliminated the need to do countless hours of research because they only ask you about top tier athletes in the nfl nba mlb pga or esports for the nfl you choose 10 out of 20 player prop options and yes even Falcons players are available. For fans of the NBA, MLB, or PGA and esports events, choose five out of 10 player prop options to complete your lineup. Thrive even offers new contests daily for each PGA event, meaning if your golfer doesn't make the cut, you'll still have a chance to win big. By this time, you should be asking, but Nick, how do I make money? Well, each prop has an associated over or under fantasy point total based on its likelihood to occur. But beware. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. By racking up the most points, you win the prize pool. And since launching in 2018, Thrive has paid out more than $1.3 million in prizes. So what are you waiting for? Use promo code ROOM303 when you sign up and receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of $20 or more. Yes, that's $20. And also code ROOM303. Download Thrive Fantasy and prop up today. Not all states qualify.